China's exports and imports fell more than expected in July, which drove stocks down in Asia overnight. Bond yields fell too in the United States. And deflationary signs are expected from China later today. The Chinese growth momentum has really sputtered uh, after the initial boost in the reopening. That's coming up in our five things in less than five minutes. And then in our deep dive, we'll go inside all this talk of a soft landing for the US economy, a Goldilocks recovery. It just means that the Fed is able to engineer a slowdown in inflation back towards its target without causing an undue rise in unemployment or potentially causing a a recession. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ number one, the big news overnight is from China, where exports were down 14.5% in July and imports fell 12.4%. Those falls were more than forecast by ANZ's head of Asia research, Kun Go. That really indicates that external demand remains very weak and domestic demand in China, which we know had been struggling, is also having an impact in terms of the weak uh, import demand. The export numbers in particular just reflect the challenging external environment at present. Uh, If you look at the country breakdown, exports to ASEAN are down uh, over 21%, to the US 23%, and to Europe uh, down around 20% as well. So that's really endemic and reflective of the broader challenging external environment at present. Number two, those weak Chinese trade figures really unnerved stock investors in Asia. And initially in Europe, the Hang Seng China Enterprises Index closed down 2.2%, and the Euro stocks 600 fell 0.2%, although some surprising news of a bank windfall tax in Italy didn't help bank stocks there. In New York, the S&P 500 is down half a percent in afternoon trade. Mid-sized bank stocks fell more than 2% after a rash of credit downgrades by Moody's. The US 10-year Treasury bond yield fell six basis points to 4.01% on these nerves and briefly fell below 4% in early trade. Number three, it wasn't all bad news though within China's export and import figures. The one bright spot has been a continued increase in exports of motor vehicles, in particular EVs, where China has become a major player in in this space. Uh, So overall, car exports are up 83% year on year, and that's helping to at least offset uh, the weakness that we're seeing in many other categories. Number four, Kuhn is also sceptical of the suggestion the weakness is due to deglobalization. That's onshoring, reshoring, friendshoring. He sees the issue as more about domestic weakness inside China. There's still a lot of goods that continue to be produced in China and will continue to be produced in, in China. It's just that at the moment, given the weakness in demand, the factory prices and just the overall price in China has gone into uh, negative uh, territory. So that's uh, the key reason why uh, the inflation is is so weak. It's not really as much to do with some of the relocation that has happened. It's just largely a function of the weakness in terms of the internal domestic economy at present. Number five, there was also a surprise inside Australia's domestic data yesterday. The NAB Business Confidence Survey for July found sharp jumps in cost and price inflation indicators. Here's ANZ Australia economist Maddie Dunk. 
I don't think it's numbers that the RBA would like to see at all. I think while some of the lift that we have seen in today's numbers can be attributed to the minimum and award wage decisions, the RBA would be quite concerned that we're seeing selling costs go up and also retail prices go up because it means that there's still demand there for businesses to pass on those increased costs to households. Maddie Dunk there. Now it's time for a deep dive inside five minutes into this idea of the US having a Goldilocks economy. Not too hot, not too cold. And we look at what it might mean for global interest rates. Here's ANZ Senior International Economist, Tom Kenny. That just means the central bank is able to achieve a soft landing What do we mean by a soft landing? It just means that the Fed is able to engineer a slowdown in inflation back towards its target without causing an undue rise in unemployment or potentially causing a a recession. Now, this is something in the past, if we look at previous episodes of inflation that was pretty elevated, the Fed hasn't really successfully been able to calm down inflation without um, putting the US economy into recession. But at this point in time, Chair Powell has for some time been saying that uh, one of the paths that he could foresee was one of a gradual rebalancing of the economy, that is demand slowing, supply side fundamentals improving, such that inflation could come down without uh, serious disruption to employment market. A lot of people were sceptical about that, as I said, because of um, historical experience. But so far, the economy does seem to be cooling, or inflation does seem to be cooling, and we've seen little change in the unemployment rate. And uh, why do you think it's different this time? Because that's a phrase economists (laughs) and people in the markets hate hearing, it's different this time. Yeah, well, I mean, it's different this time. A pandemic was a one in a hundred year event, if you'd like to call it that. But you know, it's, uh, it was a supply and demand shock. So I guess when the, the Fed, inflation first started to be a problem, uh, the Fed saw it as being temporary. But the temporariness um, proved a bit more persistent. And I think it's just unknown in terms of how the rebalancing in supply that took place. So we had a unique set of circumstances, I think. And it was just no one could foresee, you know, how the supply side would come back into balance or back to where it was pre-pandemic. And we're gradually seeing that. So that's that's part of the story. Now, uh, we've, we're in an era of inflation targeting central banks and this question of how long do we all wait and how long do central banks wait to get down from maybe a quite sticky, persistent level of 3 4 5% down to 2%. What's your thoughts on you know, how patient the, the Fed might be and uh, avoid some sort of, um, you know, jamming their foot on the brake too quickly. Fed speak at the moment is gradually moving towards that being patient mode. Last week, we saw the Chicago Fed president and the Atlanta Fed president, um, Goolsby and Bostick. And this week, we've seen the New York Fed president, Williams, come out, basically saying that they have the feeling that policy is now pretty restrictive. So what does being restrictive mean? That just means that, you know, that monetary settings are continuing to act as a drag on growth as we go forward. So they'll be continuing to slow down demand and with it, you know, inflation should come down. And what matters from a real economy perspective is real rates. So that's just the nominal Fed fund rate, less, you know, inflation. So what happens when inflation starts cooling with the nominal rate staying the same, your real rate starts going up. So that means in a real sense, 
policy settings will become even tighter for the economy going forward. So I think the Fed's trying to play this game. They're not exactly sure how restrictive they have to go. They feel that they're restrictive now. And if inflation is cooling like it is, policy is only going to get uh, a little bit more tighter. And so what's your view on next month's decision from the Fed? And if it is the peak and it's st- and the Fed stays there, how long could it be stuck up here? Well, our forecast is that the Fed has actually reached its um, peak terminal rate uh, at the moment in terms of the, the nominal Fed fund rate. And that in September, I guess, based on what we've seen so far with the labour market data and recent inflation data, that the Fed is likely to be on hold at the September meeting. And I think the longer we continue to see this run of softer inflation and slowdown in the labour market, I think that the Fed can show that patience going forward and that there'll be no more nominal tightening from the Fed. Tom Kenny there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Wednesday, August the 9th. Look out today. We've got Chinese inflation data or more likely deflation data. And tune in tomorrow for a preview of the Reserve Bank of India's decision. This podcast was recorded for publication on behalf of ANZ. All associated disclosures and disclaimers can be viewed using the link in your media player or the ANZ website through which you access this podcast. All care has been taken to report the views of ANZ Research in the creation of this podcast, but as an independent host, any differing interpretations are strictly mine and not ANZ's. Feel free to contact your ANZ point of contact with any questions.